0: You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans, for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. War Eagle Auburn fans, we're going to the final four! Okay, now that I've busted out everyone's eardrums, this is a completely, like, raw emotional episode that we are doing here on the etc network forget all the normal intros outro stuff none of that business matters anymore your auburn tigers are going to the final four for the first time in program history we're going to talk about each of the games that got us there we're going to talk about the significance behind this the storylines all of that And to do that, I brought in my friend, co-host, owner and operator of the Auburn Uniform Database, and the guy that has been on this journey with me the entire time for the Bruce Pearl era, Mr. Clint Richardson. How are you doing, buddy? You hanging in there?
1: Oh my gosh, I was not expecting that.
0: I'm sorry, look. You you
1: you ran back into the computer to tell me about your bathroom trip, (laughs) and then gave me that, and blew out my ears too. So, thanks for the warning.
0: Look, I told you, this is just... Off the cuff, emotional, we're talking about it just right off of about an hour ago, the game got done. Has it been an hour, Clint? Really? I, I, I've lost it's track of time.
1: Been, it's been about 30 minutes. Are you serious? Yeah, maybe what? 45.
0: <laughs> maybe 45 minutes. I ser- It feels like two hours ago at this point that this has happened. Uh, let me just give you some perspective of what's been going on in my world. I'm actually on the road right now. Well, we were going to record this a little bit later tonight, but we just couldn't wait. We wanted to get here on the call and talk about it, react together. Um, and so I'm at a, a family member's house. And so I decided once we secured the win to uh, take a victory lap around, you know, the neighborhood. You know, you, the thing you've got to remember is that you're at somebody else's house. People don't know you. And when a crazy man in socks and shorts on a 40 degree day goes running down your street, you start wondering what's going on, right? It seems I, always, a strange.
1: I always question you. So.
0: What? So, you know, I'm just running around this street, you know, doing a lap, saying this Final Four. And I think this Bama fan comes out and says, hey, what's going on? And I I look at him square in the face and I point at him and say, we're going to the Final Four, baby. War Eagle and just run back in the house. (laughs) Oh, man, I'm so tired. All right. Now that I've gotten that burst of energy out, we can settle down and talk about the game a little bit. Why don't you give me what's been going on in your world for this apparently 30 minutes since the game's been done. What what are your first reactions after this?
1: Oh, my gosh. I still don't believe it. I mean, the last hour of the game, I'm just sitting there waiting on how is this going to blow out? How is this going to get ruined? How is Auburn going to mess this one up? And I still can't believe that Auburn was able to pull this one out. I mean, to, to, to go and beat, Kansas by what fourteen? North Carolina by seventeen, and then to come right back and face another top basketball program in Kentucky and beat them by six—I I'm just I can't believe it. This game was as as a pure sports fan, this was one of the best basketball games ever. This was it was tight back and forth. Both teams played spectacularly. There was some raw emotion on each side. The coaching staffs were into it. If you like sports, if you like basketball, this game is going to be on repeat for the next decade
0: plus. And I, let me say this too, Clint, about the tournament as a whole. I, and I'm not just saying this because I have my orange and blue glasses on and Auburn's doing so great in the tournament. I, I personally feel like that this has been one of the better tournaments, even with the lack of upset, so to speak. I mean, there's been plenty of them still, but this is not your traditional year where we see just – a 14 seed making it a little bit further or a bunch of 10 seeds or nine seeds making it far. this yeah. tournament to me has been some of the best examples of basketball in a postseason format that I've seen in quite some time.
1: No, I, I totally agree with you. It's been, there's been a lot of great basketball and unfortunately that means the <laughs> fan that enjoys the upset and the Cinderella story, which is all of us, is going to be a little disappointed looking at this tournament from the outside it's pretty much chalk up until the the Sweet Sixteen and Elite Eight rounds, you know, except for Auburn and what they've been able to do as a five seed. But it's this has been some fantastic basketball. These teams are so incredibly talented. And there's been a lot of good games. I mean, I you don't see really many blowouts, especially this late in the, the tournament, but it every game's been tight. We've had multiple overtime games, multiple last second shots the Purdue Tennessee and Purdue um, Michigan State games or whoever Purdue ended up losing to these games have been so much fun top to bottom
0: it really has been it's an excellent tournament and it makes it even better that our team is doing so well Um, you know we made a lot going into the tournament of the route for Auburn and it did not look good and it didn't get any better just like we thought as the as the tournament went along. You know, you struggled against New Mexico State. You have an outstanding game against Kansas, but then you know what you're heading into in this Sweet 16. And to even go beyond that, you know what you're probably facing go, going forward. And the big storyline throughout college basketball and the buzzword is Blue Bloods. When you talk about Blue Bloods, you think of at least four teams that I can think of. Duke, North Carolina, Kansas. And who's with the fourth one I'm blanking on right now? Kentucky, the one we just beat. <laughs> Look, I told much you. A bunch
1: of a blur for you?
0: It's all just like gone, gone by. I feel like it's been four hours now because I have so much adrenaline still pumping through me. But, yeah, you think of those four teams, the Blue Bloods, and Auburn has managed to march through three of those in sequence. And there's a chance, a small chance, because Auburn has to take care of some business and another team has to take care of some business for them to run through the fourth. But it will meet in the championship game. We don't want to get ahead of ourselves, though, Clint. Let's talk about the here and now and how Auburn got to the point they are making it to their first ever Final Four here. And we remind everybody, Auburn is completely undefeated in the month of March and will remain that way for all time. How cool is that, Clint? Undefeated in March of 2019.
1: My goodness. it's uh, I just can't believe what this team is able to do. And... You know, I mean, do you remember at the beginning of the season, beginning of conference season, when we had our own little Aaron Rodgers, R-E-L-A-S situation? Yes. It's like, chill. Bruce has things understood. Bruce is not going to get fired tomorrow, and he doesn't need to get fired yesterday. Things are going to work out. It is. Now, when we said that, I don't think either of us ever expected it to turn into trophies and confetti and cutting down the nets but what this team has been able to do with such an uphill grind and in that uphill grind just continues to get steeper and steeper with every passing game and episode that happens in a game i mean with losing chumo kiki this fight just gets that much harder and they are still able to overcome it this is probably one of the best athletic teams in Auburn athletics history. And that even goes against the 2004 football team. It goes against the 2019 equestrian team that just went undefeated to win the SEC title for the first time in any equestrian program history. I mean, this is just, this Auburn team has been able to do things that nobody has ever expected them to do and that no Auburn team has ever been able to do before.
0: And in that sequence of events for this Tigers team throughout the 2018-19 season, they've been knocking down records, as you said. And one of those was by defeating the North Carolina Tar Heels for the very first time. If my numbers are correct, Clint, it was zero to four in favor of North Carolina coming into this matchup in the Sweet 16. And your Tigers come away victorious, not just by a little bit, a lot, bit ninety-seven to eighty. I I don't even know how you wrap your head around that, Clint, because the the fact that they beat North Carolina, but the fact that they made Roy Williams flabbergasted on the sideline on how do you stop this team from scoring, and it was the most beautiful thing ever.
1: Oh, it really was. And again, just it's not just so much who Auburn has beat; that's a big part of it, but it's how they've beaten them and when you when you look at the history of college basketball and you've got Kansas, North Carolina, Kentucky, you know, Michigan State and Duke and just those are the pure bloods of this sport. They were saying that Kentucky has I think 17 Final Four appearances in their entire history. Auburn's only made 10 tournaments. Mm. And the way that Auburn has been able to just go against them and not just show up Not just, you know, play a good game, but to dominate and demolish one of the best teams in the country in North Carolina. I mean, we can say pretty easily that Kansas is not the best Kansas team ever. They're down at least a notch, maybe two from where they've been even last year. But these North Carolina Tar Heel teams and this Kentucky Wildcat team, these are the best teams that we've seen in a long time. They're right up there at that upper echelon, and they've proven me wrong time and time again, and I love it so much. Yeah,
0: and everyone knew coming into the North Carolina matchup that it was going to be a high-scoring affair and a very fast affair, and it proved to be that. Uh, Both teams were running up and down the court. Uh, There were moments where both teams had the momentum for significant portions of time, and it speaks again to what we've already talked about the high level of basketball that's being played by both opponents, whether it's Auburn or someone else in a game in this tournament. Uh, but North Carolina, you know, they did look like for a moment there they were going to be able to seize uh, the opportunity. But Auburn, I think the biggest thing for Auburn is that they stole the lead at the end of the first half, going in at halftime 41-39. to 39. And I think that's when reality set in, not just for the North Carolina Tar Heels, that this was not your ordinary Auburn team that you never or hardly ever see in the tournament, but that the fact that maybe they weren't as strong as they thought they were, at least in the matchup against Auburn. And it was a very sobering thing, I think, for the college basketball world to see Auburn leading North Carolina at halftime and looking very good.
1: Javon McCormick had a fantastic route to the basket with time running out going into halftime to put the Tigers up two at half. And, you know, everybody, I think, kind of looked at that thought, This could be a really big two points come the second half. You know, to, for Auburn to get a little bit of a head start going into the last 20 minutes of the game could prove very beneficial. You know, this is still North Carolina. This is still Roy Williams. This is still one of the best teams in the country. They're going to put up a fight, and they're going to come out and, and play incredibly tough. And, yeah, that was a big two points, but it was more so in momentum, not in the final score. Auburn took that into halftime knowing that they're up against North Carolina. They're up against the number one seed in the tournament, and they just ran with it. The mentality of we can play with anybody was just flowing through this team the entire game.
0: And here's a bigger picture thing, too. You know, everyone thinks about Bryce Brown. Jared Harper or Chumo Kiki as the lifeblood of this team, I would make the case that in this game, Auburn's done it other times this season, but they proved that they're not just a one-person uh, team that, that focuses on having that person be successful, not just a two-person, not just a three-person. The bench, I think, was the heart and soul of what won this game for the Tigers against the Tar Heels. Because if you look at it, you know, you see Jared Harper, it doesn't have a great game, nine points. McLemore three points. Chumokiki had one of his best games with 20 points, but then a reasonable 12 for Bryce Brown. But then you look at the bench points. D'Angelo Purifoy, how awesome has he been in this tournament and coming out of nowhere showing that he's still got amazing talent, 12 points, Javon McCormick with 10, Samir Doughty with 10. I mean, I think that is the reason that Auburn won this game is because the bench showed that when they come into the game, there is little, and I would argue, no drop-off.
1: I think you're right. And we have said it time and time again on this show that just a couple of years ago, we were trying to figure out who's going to be the second guy to score. KT Harrell can't lead this team to 45 points a game. Somebody else has to step up. And now we're trying to figure out who is that number six guy. Who's the number seven guy? You know, this entire starting lineup is able to just do what they do and do it well. And when you've got someone like Jared Harper, who only plays twenty five minutes against North Carolina because he was in foul trouble and gets nine points, obviously they've kind of shut him down, but he gets eleven assists as well. Yeah. You know, Chumo Kiki had probably the best game of his career, and it got cut short. Yeah. Just by a couple of minutes, but just in an absolutely brutal way. Goes for 20 points in 25 minutes, 11 rebounds, and had one of the best blots you'll ever see. Chuma played his heart out, and it's absolutely sickening the way that it just had to end for him.
0: And, you know, this had similar (laughs) reminders of what happened last year, where Anthony McLemore had been playing out of his mind. You go to a South Carolina team, and not only do you take the loss there, but you lose him and how great he and, and intricate that he, uh, uh, intricate, but vital to this team he had been at that point. And you just saw the Tigers fall off and putter into the tournament and didn't just get embarrassed in the second round by Clemson. You had to wonder as an Auburn fan, after watching that last year and knowing how vital Chuma Okiki was to this team, would Auburn respond the same way? Would they try their hardest, but just not be able to keep up without that very important part of the team? And lo and behold, they come into a Kentucky team that by no, I don't think, no one's given Auburn any credit this entire tournament. No one's given them a chance. Everyone's picked against them. And especially with Chuma Okiki out, you know everyone would thought that this was just going to probably be another embarrassing moment for Auburn against Kentucky. Uh, But but a little bit more back on Chuma. My heart goes out to him. Um, A guy that you thought probably after the performance that he was having, we might not be seeing him again just because of, hey, that NBA looks pretty good, (laughs) you know. But, uh, you know, my heart hurts for him that in the biggest stage and and in the best time of his career at this point, he has to go down on something that was not even really anyone else's fault. Your knee just buckles, and it buckles in just an awkward, awful – I couldn't even look at it, Clint. Could you?
1: Yeah. I can't believe they kept playing it.
0: You have nightmares from Anferny's when they kept showing it on the big screen for you. There and no, no I,
1: still ne- I still never saw it.
0: Oh, you still never saw it. Okay.
1: I have still not seen it, and I still refuse to see
0: it. And that was the same for me with this one. I know it wasn't as bad as breaking a leg or anything like that in terms of gruesomeness and, and the visuals of it, but it, I just can't look at those type of injuries because I've rolled ankles enough to know that's just too bad to look at anyway but
1: Chuma's knee did things that no human body part should right. ever have to do
0: and we're you know looking at it and watching him at least walk with some effort off of the court with a lot of assistance honestly but still putting weight down and you have to in the back of your mind think okay maybe this is not as bad as it looks I think a lot of us were hoping for the best expecting the worst and then you get the news torn ACL and you know that's it for him <sighs> And he's got a long road yeah. back to recovery. And, you know, it, it 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 sucks for it to happen to any player, but your best player in the biggest stage, that's just a killer for some teams.
1: Well, yeah. And, you know, I, I agree with you that you're just hoping that it's maybe not a tear. And the guys in the studio after the game were saying, hopefully it's more scare than tear. But yep. you see that play, and there's just very little chance that that's, actually going to happen that way but you know it I'll be honest I immediately thought Auburn just can't have anything nice you know (laughs) things just and I remember thinking not entirely long before that I don't remember when maybe earlier in the day but thinking there's not been a really nasty incident in this tournament and it seems like there always is ever since Kevin Ware's legs sticking out of his or bones sticking out of his leg you know it's like why do we have to lose such talented players to such nasty injuries in this tournament and then it had to happen to to chuma and it's it's just entirely heartbreaking and and you really feel for him and you feel for this team they just had the biggest win up to that point in program history they've never beaten north carolina before they've only they're playing in their second Elite eight game ever. After this, and they're not able to fully enjoy it. Right, and that's, that's you the... know, re- reports after the New Mexico State game came out, and that the team was so mad that they almost blew it, that they didn't enjoy that win either. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you get to enjoy the Kansas win, which is a big win, but this North Carolina game just upped it by so much, and they can't enjoy it. And thankfully, things were a little bit better in that sense uh, against Kentucky, and this team is actually able to enjoy the moment and just relish in what they've been able
0: to do. And so that takes us over into the Elite Eights, Auburn's second ever, where they take on Kentucky for the third time this season. Now let's review. Auburn versus Kentucky in Auburn, Alabama. Close game. It's down to the wire, and Kentucky squeaks it out. You look at the next one. You go to Rupp Arena. Auburn gets annihilated, embarrassed, just made to look like the Auburn of old. And there's a lot of people questioning at that point: Will Auburn even make the tournament? And the response that they had since then. You know, I'm not going to sit here and prophetically say that this, that was the the two cap ins to the storyline for the season because we're hoping we're going to continue on past the Final Four, hoping, but. It would almost be fitting that your lowest point and your highest point was against Kentucky. And the fact that you rose to the occasion, you didn't lay down, and you walk in in the Elite Eight in Kansas City, take down probably one of the best, and in some people's eyes, the best team left in the tournament with some of, if not the best players. I mean, P.J. Washington, my gosh, son. What a player, Clint. I mean, I don't know how you can say it any better than that. He's just difficult to defend
1: i mean he is definitely one of the best players in the tournament this year and you know i i mentioned it to you right before we started recording that he's just a total beast and he scores 28 points coming off the bench i mean i think he what did he tweak something
0: yeah it was an ankle i believe
1: It was he's fighting some injury coming into this game and still goes 10 of 18 Two of four from three point land, six of 11 from the charity stripe, 13 rebounds, and just, and, and two steals and two blocks. I mean, he played probably better than anybody else on the court, to be honest, yeah. and, and just wasn't able to help his team bring it home. And, you know, this is, this game was so full circle for so many reasons. Like you said, Auburn, you know, almost beat him at home got annihilated on the road. Kentucky hasn't even faced the best that Auburn has been able to give them all year. I mean, Austin Wiley missed both of those games in the regular season. And now you're missing, arguably, the best player on the team in Chuma Okiki. And, you know, it. I'll be honest, I did not think Auburn was going to be able to win this game. Right. And, you know, whether that's just pessimism or realistic, I, I did not think that this team was able to rebound and just fight the way they did. And, I mean, it's just, you know that if Chuma was healthy and Auburn was able to fight with every weapon they had, this would have been the third straight blowout of a top program in basketball history.
0: Yeah, and I would say, Clint, too, that... I don't want to get on, you know, the negative Nancy train here and say, you know, get back to our old ways of, of just dogging the refs. But I think you and I kind of have a different perspective of it that you didn't think the game was that badly called. But I think that this would have been a blowout had you saw some a little bit more fair calls across both ways. Now, to the refs' credit, you would have, you did see them let everyone play at the end of the game, which I really do appreciate. And they didn't try to affect the outcome. Um, so, Granted, they kind of won back a little bit respect for me, but I did think that the refs in this game played a little bit more of a factor early on than they should have.
1: You know, I really don't think it was all too bad. I, I, there were issues, absolutely. I thought that um, Kentucky got away with a lot underneath the Auburn goal. Auburn would get called for some ticky tat fouls, and, and Kentucky would basically just maul the Auburn players and not and get away with it. And. It got worse at times. And I know a lot of people are saying, you know, got to protect the blue bloods or whatever. But, you know, it's, there's got to be some kind of mental block that makes it difficult to, to call against Kentucky. I guess. I mean, I'm not trying to make any <laughs> excuses about it. And, and I hate, I hate kind of that, um, conspiracy theory approach to it. But it, it did get bad at times. And I agree with you. I'm really happy that they let it play out towards the end of the game. And, you know, uh, it certainly wasn't an eight on five situation like a lot of people like to make it out to be, but it wasn't the best officiating in the world. I thought it was pretty fair at times, but again, it got a little lopsided as well and, and a little bit more than it probably should have in in a Elite Eight
0: game. Right. But again, as we've already said, they, they did kind of redeem themselves by the end of it, letting it play out like they should have. So credit to them on that one. Uh, but more back to the players and, and the real outcome and what really affects this game here. There's two things. Not, we've already talked about PJ Washington, his game and his 20 plus points and how dominant he was. Hadn't that not happened? Kentucky's not even in this game, I think, because Auburn made a point to eliminate Tyler Hero from the game. Because you, you think about P.J. Washington, you think about E.J. Montgomery, but a lot of people forget about Tyler Hero and his ability to just make baskets, especially from beyond the arc. We put our, in my opinion, what has been one of our best, if not best, defender on them the entire game in Samir Dowdy. And he fronted him almost the entire game and eliminated him. Tyler Hero only gets about what, nine points in this game and that's it? I mean yes, what was it? Nine points seven points. I gave him two extra than he actually had. Seven points for one of their best players. I think that's a huge key to the game. And of course the storyline we talked about before, Jared Harper just knows how to win games.
1: Yeah, Auburn offensively was just amazing at in the second half. The first half was incredibly slow and you're just wondering when are Jared and Bryce going to kick this one up and, and do something. And then they go out and finish the game with Bryce had 24 and Jared had 26. And and Jared was 11 for 11 from the three-point line. And just clutch shots down the line. Um, and again, this game probably isn't as close as it was. And probably would have been over you know, 45 seconds earlier if Samir Daddy was able to hit a couple of free throws. He was only one for three. From the line, but Auburn was able to just shut down Kentucky's best players at times. Tyler Hero was a fantastic player, and he just ate up Auburn in the Auburn arena earlier this season. But PJ Washington is just one of the best players, and you're not going to be shut him down entirely.
0: Yeah, and that's they just have a plethora of talent, and and the key there is to eliminate as many pieces as you can. And I think that's why you saw Auburn be so successful, especially when, let's be honest, it's not one of the best shooting games Auburn's ever had. I mean, the three ball was just not hitting at times tonight. Now they hit some crucial ones that really switched momentum at at very important times in the game. But Auburn went into the paint and competed on a level that I didn't think they were going to be able to against Kentucky that was one of the more surprising things with me is that even though they they went up there and kind of threw up some layups that were very well at rough at best uh, just trying to score something they weren't afraid of Kentucky and I think that is one of the biggest credits to Auburn here when you've lost one of your bigger players arguably one your best player is they were not afraid of this team walked in there and just beat them at their own game so Kentucky And Auburn, the final score for you after this game is 77-71. to Auburn, the third time's the charm. They take down Kentucky, the third blue blood to lose to Auburn in this tournament. So, where does that take us now, Clint? To the Final Four. We will be taking on the Virginia Cavaliers to take a spot, hopefully, in the Final Two. All of these games will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota. It just seems like, Clint, we can't get a single tournament game to come within 100 to 200 miles of Auburn. It's just, you know, we, we start moving back east, and then we go directly up to one of the most northern states in the entire continental United States. I mean, Auburn just can't have nothing, right?
1: <laughs> no, it's never easy for Auburn. I mean, you go back to, to football. I mean, the two national championships that the Tigers have played in have been on the— Uh, east coast and it's just incredibly difficult for Auburn fans to get up there and you know I was just for fun pricing plane tickets up to Kansas City and Minneapolis and from Jacksonville they're only about $200 round trip so if you don't want to fly out of Atlanta for like six to $800 drive on down here but good luck getting into the game because Ticketmaster has them going for $350 just to get in the stadium
0: right now. My goodness. Anybody got some friends out there that want to help Kyle out? (laughs) If you
1: you start walking now, you might get there in time. Oh, that's a good idea. I should start walking.
0: (laughs) I would love to be able to be there. Uh, We're going to try. I can't guarantee – um this, and I know I'm saying this live on our show, but we're going to try our best to put together some type of get-together in Auburn to watch it together. I don't know if we're going to be able to pull it off, but if you're listening to this, just be on the lookout for that. If nothing else, I will be in Auburn and be watching somewhere, and I'd love to hang out with any of y'all, uh win or lose, to celebrate Auburn's first appearance in the Final Four. Let's look at our opponent in the matchup just a little bit, though, Clint, um, as we head into this game. Auburn and Virginia have a little bit more of an extensive Record than you or I thought they had, honestly. And honestly, a little bit more favorable record. So that's something to be optimistic about. Four and three against Virginia in favor of Auburn. And they won the last two to get that favorable record there. Uh, they won one on the road, one one at home back in the late 2000s. Uh, so, Clint, where do you stand with Auburn versus Virginia going into this game? How are you feeling?
1: I'm feeling a little bit better. Than the last couple of matchups, just I think Auburn fits well with this Virginia team. They haven't played very well in this tournament, and that also scares me. You know, good teams show up at the right time, and this is most certainly the right time for Virginia to show up. But like you were talking, the the history of this matchup between these two teams was entirely different than I thought. I thought we might be seeing Virginia for the first, or maybe you know, maybe the fifth time, but. Like you said, 4-3 and overall. That dates back to 1920. Auburn and Virginia were Southern Conference uh, foes, just like Auburn and UNC. Um, Auburn beat Virginia in 1920, lost in 1925, and then won again in 1931. The two teams wouldn't play again until 2001, where Auburn lost in Birmingham. Auburn lost three years later in 2004 in Richmond. And then, like you said, 2008 on the road, got the victory. 2009 at home, got the victory. And history shows this will be a tight game. Mm -hmm. The last, the 2009 game was a one-point win. 2008, a two-point win. 2004 was a two-point loss. 2001 was a five-point loss. And there has the largest difference in this entire history is five is seven points
0: man it's (laughs) so
1: definitely pick (laughs) go with the points uh
0: you're not making me feel good uh, about this one here i am hoping for a kansas unc scenario where we blow them out um and i think a lot of people if you look at virginia as a number one seed there was a lot of people that thought they shouldn't have been a number one seed to their credit They have showed out as as of this moment. I am not watching the Michigan State Duke matchup, and probably I don't want you to spoil it for me if you know Clint. Um, As of this moment, they are the only number one seed to make it through. So everyone thought they shouldn't be there, but here they are, and it's the same story. I think you can kind of make this for this game: two teams that no one thought they should be in the position that they're in, and they're both playing for a spot in the championship game. I think that's a great storyline to have for this matchup. And honestly, it might be the best game of the two to get into the championship game because of that underdog status. They have a little bit of that chip on their shoulder as well as, as as Auburn does not as big of a a chip as Auburn might have as a five seed. Uh, But I anticipate this to be one of the best games that you have seen throughout the tournament here. Um, Do you think that Auburn might be looking at Virginia a little bit as that underdog number one seed and might be kind of thinking they might be able to handle them a little bit of overconfidence? No,
1: I don't think so. I think Bruce is going to really just tell it like it is that this is a really good Virginia team and you have to play your best ball all year long. I mean, we're two wins away from hoisting a trophy. And I mean, this is going to be such an amazing weekend for Basketball Final Four is going to be just fantastic, and you know it's this is really a parity um, bracket right now. You've got Auburn as a five seed, Virginia as a one seed isn't the best, but that's still a different Final Four contender. And you've got Texas Tech on the other side of the bracket going to face whoever wins Michigan State and Michigan State and Duke, and they're currently at half, so you don't have to worry about. Any spoiler there, Kyle? Okay. But you know, just for the parody stance, I mean, you have to pull for Michigan State. I know you do because it's your bracket. Winner. Yeah, you know. But <laughs> but I mean, could you just imagine what kind of atmosphere and what kind of tournament this would wrap up to be if it's Virginia, Auburn, Texas Tech, and Michigan State oh, man. to go this far into a tournament without Kentucky. North Carolina, Kansas, potentially Duke. No Michigan. You know, no Gonzaga, because we all know you can't rely on Gonzaga exactly. to do anything in this. Exactly.
0: You term. all laughed at me, and what did I say? Two things: you never count out Tom Izzo, and you never count on Gonzaga. Thank you, Clint.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, this has just turned into a incredible basketball season, and, and it's just—I think it's going to culminate into two of the best games of the season.
0: Now, of course, as I said that, um, I'm probably, you know, shot myself in the foot. Again, I don't know the score. Michigan State could be losing and could ultimately lose this game. We'll find out. I'll find out as soon as we're done with this call here. (laughs) You're okay right
1: now. Oh, good.
0: Okay. So let me just, let me just say this. Um, Two things that I think we should remember uh, for this game here. And actually, ultimately, just one, because... I don't want to say that this is the bookend to Auburn season, as I've already kind of alluded to with the Kentucky matchup, but how beautiful is it to see the lowest point and the highest point at, as of to this moment for Auburn basketball in the season has to be bookended with the guy that left your team in shambles and your program in shambles. We didn't even touch on that. Tony Barbie had to watch this team claw back up after annihilating them as he sits there on the bench with Coach Calipari and watched the team that he left in shambles said couldn't be successful simply because they had the wrong shoes. Don't get me started on that. Had the wrong shoes and can't be successful as a program. And you watch that team walk in without their best player, take you down for their first ever spot in the Final Four. If that's not the most beautiful picture that Auburn basketball could have ever painted, I don't know what is. And not to kind of take steal the thunder here and take a little bit of an emotional swing on this. For me, this is special because my dad who passed away, you know, he took me to so many basketball games and told me about the, you know, the heydays of Auburn and Sonny Smith, Charles Barkley, the persons, all those John Mungelt, you know, the fact that he's not here to see this breaks my heart, but I also know that he knows what's going on. And I'm so glad that I'm going to get to see Auburn for the first time ever. In the final four. So Clint, let me pitch it over to you real quick. Final thoughts. Auburn in the final four. What do you got? Just
1: just going to enjoy this moment and and just, man, it's so good to be in this position.
0: It is. And it's something we will not take for granted. It's something we don't take lightly. And we're not ready for it to end yet. Because this time, hashtag do it for Chuma. Before we get out of here, let's give our contact information, Clint. You can find me on Twitter at TigerEye24. Where can they find you?
1: can celebrate this win with me on Twitter, at ClintAU24, and you can check out my website, the Auburn Uniform Database, at auburnuniforms.com, complete with a whole new section of NCAA court designs that the Tigers have been playing on.
0: Hey, as an aside here, Clint, this has been a very good tournament for you, sir. You've had a lot of new content to put up on your site.
1: I, I sure have.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're benefiting as a fan, but you're also benefiting as an entrepreneur, and I love every day. So congratulations to you. Congratulations to our Tigers. That's all we have for you in the, this show. Hopefully, when we are talking to you again, we are talking about not one, but two more Auburn wins and Auburn holding the national championship trophy. And even if that doesn't happen, we'll be proud of you guys. War Eagle. War Eagle.